This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to the After Hours podcast. And as promised, we're going to hear plenty of Darren Sin. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie Sin, Rodney Sin, Sam Sin, Jim Sin. We got all kinds of sin to go around. But the thing that's clear to me that, you know, we often or I often pose thinking that I don't have anything really that I'm feeling all that guilty about. But really cool the clip that you got for us rodney can you kind of set this up because here's people that were really posing high school wise and found themselves together right and i can definitely relate with this character as far as the pose goes and having it all together um this is from breakfast club and of course everybody's seen breakfast club right robbie except robbie (laughs) So here in Breakfast Club, you've got five teenagers, all from supposedly you know different backgrounds in their school life, in their family life, and they're just different. You've got the nerd, you got the pretty girl, you got the athlete, you got the degenerate kind of kid who's a rebel, and you've got this just this weird girl who's you know trying to figure her out. So you got you got this weird bunch brought together because of detention. They all did something to get themselves into detention. And what they form throughout this is a real bond, kind of like what we would have in the brotherhood. They've got this brother and sisterhood thing going that they're all reveling and coming together because their parents are horrible. That's kind of the main theme they all come to, right? They all rally around this fact that their parents made them into this horrible thing or whatever, and they're carrying guilt, shame, blame, and that comes out in all their stories. And the one we're going to pick up here on is they're sitting around in a circle, talking and by this time it's moved on a little bit in the movie and i think they're really getting to know each other pretty good and starting to get a little more open and sharing in uh the athlete who the you know you're like oh he's got it all together what does he got and he's the one that says you know we're all a little bizarre here so then the pretty girl says what do you got that's so bizarre and then we kind of get into this clip i taped larry lester's buns together (laughs) that was you yeah you know yeah, I know. Well, then you know how hairy he is, right? Well, when they pulled the tape off, most of his hair came off and some, some skin, too. Oh, my God. And the bizarre thing is that I did it for my old man. I tortured this poor kid because I wanted him to think that I was cool. He's always going off about, you know, when he was in school, all the wild things he used to do. And I got the feeling that he was disappointed that I never cut loose on anyone, right? So I'm, I'm sitting in the locker room, and I'm taping up my knee, and Larry's undressing a couple lockers down for me and he's kind of he's kind of skinny weak and i started thinking about my father and his attitude about about weakness and the next thing i knew i i jumped on top of him and and started wailing on him and my friends they just laughed and cheered me on and afterwards when i was sitting in, in, in vernon's office all i could think about was larry's father and larry having to go home and and explain what happened to him and the humiliation he must have felt must have been unreal i mean 
you. How do you apologize for something like that? There's no way. It's all because of me and my old man. God, I hate him. He's like this... He's like this mindless machine that I can't even relate to anymore. Andrew, you've got to be number one! I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Win! 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 Wow, huh? So, here you have the kid who looks like we would go into most schools, like most of our past in our schools, and think, oh, wow, you know, this kid's got it all together and everything's fine at home, things are fine at school. He's the star wrestler, you know, what's there to be so bummed out about? He's got everything, right? But one of the things kind of God gave me during this was we all have guilt and we all want to get rid of guilt. So what I saw in this clip was the dad is wanting to get rid of his guilt from whatever probably shame that he has from carrying back from all the things he did in his high school and was projecting that onto his son and saying, hey, you know, you kind of need to be this. You need to be number one. And just putting a lot of things on him, talking jokingly about, oh, man, man, we used to cut up and do these things to all these kids. And it just now you as a son here, the star wrestler, is feeling this guilt. Like, oh, man, I've I've got to be what my dad wants me to be. So he's getting fathered poorly right here, right? So, But, again, that father figure is so important to us men, and especially us boys is trying to get, trying to, you know, in sonship here, and we're trying to, you know, commune with our dad, we're trying to commune with other boys. And it's 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 hard, and you don't know where to go with this. And like you heard in there, oh, his friends, what they did when he started doing the wrong thing, they just kind of egged him on, thought it was great, you know, because they're in the same boat as he is. So he's he's got this guilt, and then all of a sudden, he feels really guilty for all of the right for the right reason for the right thing afterwards when he's sitting in the principal's office, and he's thinking about Larry going home, having to tell his dad what happened to him, how humiliating, and how do you ever apologize for something like that? Now he's in a position where, gee, do I go apologize? Do I do the right thing or do I not? What would my dad do? Do I break this agreement and break this bond and go this way? Or do I say, nope, I'm not strong enough, I'm really weak, and I avoid it? Because what he's then avoiding is the opportunity to be forgiven. And the grace that comes with forgiving, the great feeling behind forgiveness that you get to accept from somebody else is huge for your own freedom and your own heart. And to enter into that is risky, but... That's where he would need to go at this time. And for me, you know, we're talking about, you know, Robbie's like today, like, hey, well, this is where I went and found out where my guilt is at, where you guys are at. And for me, one of the big things in parenting kids is you, I mean, how do you not have guilt? You do so many dumb things. But for me, it was anger. And I'd, man, I'd bottle that sucker up nice and tight until the cork blew, right? (laughs) So the next thing you know, I've got my son, this is just one episode, I, this is the only time I threw him, but I got him up, I've, I got him holding him because something was going on that day, and I'm not even mad at the boy, I'm not, I'm not mad at him at all, and I'm like, what, what he did wasn't that big a deal, but I'm mad at him, I'm yelling at him, and I threw him across the room onto the couch, probably scared to live in crap out of that boy's like where am I going flying to you know and I knew he was going to the couch I know kind of like if it wasn't I'm mad and everything he'd probably love it Mm -hmm. 
But emotionally, I can only imagine what I did to him at that point in that time. You know, the only thing is, I'm, I'd love to ask him. I need to ask him if he remembers that because he was probably like five or six. I mean, he was small. I was big. I could throw him really hard and really far. So, and he knew it. You know, you just kind of think. And it wasn't, I wasn't even mad at him. So that's one of those times where out of many, I've had to apologize to my kids and say, man, I don't know why I did that, but I did. And uh, try to take some responsibility for that. Although I would project guilt in other places, you know, oh, but daddy was this or that, you know? And I'm like, I think back on those times, I'm like, oh yeah, there's lots of times when you just kind of, you took on some of that guilt. But then you also want to project into somebody else and say, oh, yeah, but it's also my dad here because he treated me really bad, you know, that kind of thing. When you first started talking, Rodney, you, you said that there were t- two things. One was that we all have guilt, and the other was that we all want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That may not be true. A lot of people don't want to get rid of their guilt because they loathe themselves. They mm-hmm. hate themselves so much they feel like they have to hang on to the guilt because they deserve the guilt. And so you can tell them theologically all day long, well, no, Jesus forgave you. You know, uh, even the person that they may have hurt may forgive them, but they hold on to the guilt. And it, 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 that's false guilt. That's toxic guilt. Guilt's a wonderful motivator. And I mean, you, you mm-hmm. know this. I know that. I'm just trying to put myself in the position of, of some of our listeners and even myself um, through much of my life. There, there are things that we do that we feel like, I don't deserve to be forgiven of that. I, I know God forgave me, but I don't deserve to be forgiven. I live in that too. Yeah. I mean, we all do to a certain extent. And, and But I would rather get rid of it if I could. <laughs> and when you said, you know, we're all guilty and we all want to be free, I think the third part of that is God wants us to be free so much so that he created a guilt offering a guilt sacrifice and jesus becomes that guilt sacrifice and he tells us all through the new testament that he's setting us free from a guilty conscience he knows that our conscience can be a horrible taskmaster master it can also be a great motivator and a masker and, and a masker. It can be a masker as well, can't it? A masker um, per offer. Yeah, it can be a masquerader. Um, and so that whole issue of, of guilt and what it's producing in your life is really what the show is about. And, you know, we're probably going to need about four more shows on this. But the thing that, that really hurts me at times is the longer I lived in the guilt, the worse... It was for those who lived around me, who lived with me, um, who lived under my rule, under, under, you know, maybe they worked for me or whatever. Um, but the more I lived in the guilt and refused to allow Jesus' sacrifice to be enough, refused to allow the other person's forgiveness to be enough, the worse that gets because it becomes resentment. Sam talked about that before the show. Um, I, Sam, is that uh, is that kind of what you were talking about when when you said it either becomes resentment or it becomes and I can't remember the other thing that you said. He may have it on mute. You know, he's done that before. <laughs> he we does have... it only when I'm talking, though. I mean, I really, I think Sam needs to feel really guilty here because I'm starting to feel really bad. Sam, are you here? Okay, we may want to call Sam back. Um, it's, it's it's possible that we've lost Sam. It, it is possible technology. But since we got Andy, you want yeah. Andy? Sure. 
Well, I can't speak to uh, Sam's point. I, um, I don't remember the, the other one like you, Darren. But um, I guess the the thing I'm sitting here, we, it's great to have this talk before the show, and then you hear things in the show. And, it, and, and I think this is the way, it, this is like sitting around a campfire talking to the guys. and You hear things, and then you start thinking about your lives and your life. And I mean, I, I don't know that I've dealt uh, or delved into some of these issues as much thinking about, I, all I know was it was, you know, John John Eldridge wrote a book, Utter Relief of Holiness. And I think there's there's just a lot to, whenever you get, you've been under guilt for so long, and when you get freedom from it again, it's constantly there. Uh, but it's not to the level it is because I've got victory in some things that I didn't and I struggled with for years. And it just brings on a joy that you just, you just don't um, realize. But I still, just like all the guys there, there's things that come up that I feel guilty about not doing enough, you know, how blessed I am and how other parts of the world are not, whatever they may. But one of the scriptures I wanted to read a little bit of that I used to go to when I was struggling with pornography and lust and, a multitude of other things, the Psalm 51 after David's failure, and it's middle down into that. But I just want to read it because, you know, it speaks to kind of what we're talking about of of just God doesn't want us to stay in guilt. It says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear, Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart of God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. So that last line, that's not possible if we haven't really dealt with the guilt about teaching transgressors in, the, in thy way. But we don't have that. That second line spoke to me, make make me to hear joy and gladness. That's that's God. That's what he... That's why you never leave somebody blinking like that, because you cut Andy off, right? When <laughs> yeah. we got Sam back. But, you know, I hate that because Andy was on a roll. Yeah. And that was totally the host's fault right there as we... <laughs> you should be good, guilty about it. It's okay. I, it's okay. I... I, I I do want to speak real quickly to the, the issue that as, as I was listening, I was thinking that there's this old story about a Christian that was taking his friend that was a non-Christian out duck hunting, and, you know, he made a shot, missed the duck, got real upset, started cursing, threw his shotgun down, and then he got down on his knees and prayed, God, I just can't believe that I'm, that you know, that I know you and I'm still struggling with this sin, and and he was, you know, very lamenting and feeling guilty, and he's praying to God, all this stuff. And so the atheist who's there with him says, see, that's the problem with you Christians. You know, I'm happy as I can be because I don't have to deal with that. He's a Ben Rumson guy, right? He's like, I'm fine, and look at you. You're over there struggling, right? And so about this time, another bunch of ducks fly over, and they shoot, and this, you know, duck falls down, and it's flopping on the ground. And he says, 
you know, there's two ducks that actually fell. One was dead and laying there still, and the other one was still flopping around. He goes, well, you see the difference between the two ducks there? The one that's alive is still struggling. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And and, and when you think about the paint your wagon clip, right, you got – you got Ben Rumson, who clearly was not struggling, and and the other two characters were. But now that we got Sam back, and we got Andy I, back, I we got Sam back, we got Andy not okay. This this should work. I'm here. Oh. Yep. So, oh, we're still working on we're still working on Sam. So we are. Well, so as we were talking before the show, you know the God deals with this either one. Robbie asked the question of all of us. So whatever you're struggling with in that realm of guilt, have you gone and pursued conversational intimacy with God? Have you said, God, what am I struggling with from guilt? Or maybe you already know. Um, and, And whatever that thing is, have you asked God, why am I still struggling with that? What am I missing? And that's what Robbie did. And God brought up, well, you're you're still struggling with this contract you know, with Scientology that legalistically was broke through Jesus' blood, but emotionally was still still causing Robbie to struggle. Well, for me, it was more of a passive thing. Um, I struggled like Rodney talked. I've struggled with so many things that the list is so long we could do seven shows on it. However, the thing that I probably struggle with the most is parenting. Um as a Christian, as a pastor, most of my children's lives, I struggled with a lot of things. Anger was one of them, but at different times during that, as a pastor, I also struggled with an addiction to pornography. And the the thing that killed me still to this day hurts at times um, is that when you, as the father as the husband, as the head of the household, when you voluntarily allow Satan, his demons over sexual sin, into the house, you are also exposing your wife, your bedroom, you're exposing your children, you're exposing everybody in the house and and all of the other brothers and sisters that come into the house for a Bible study or anything else. You're exposing them to that. And the worst counselor that I ever had told me that. And I hated him for it. Um, I went to see him at a time when I was really broken, and he said, look, I know more about your situation than you do. And he, he was a horrible counselor because he was an arrogant jerk, not because he wasn't telling me the truth. He told me the truth. Look, Darren, you let those demons in. You're mad because your wife had an affair? Whose fault is that? You're the one that let the sexual demons in the house. You're mad because your daughter's struggling with this or your son's struggling with that. Whose fault is that? And he was very blunt with it. As the leader of the house, as the Christian leader, that's your fault. And so you're going to have to take responsibility for it. You're going to have to pray those things away. You're going to have to use Jesus' authority and take authority over that realm again and cast those things away. Not by your power, but by Jesus' power. I didn't like that. I hated that. But it was true. And the thing that I struggled with forever was every time my kids would struggle with something or tell me about a struggle they were having that I didn't know about, 
it would hit me. Oh, well, that's your fault. You missed it. You should have been devoted to their spiritual growth. You should have been devoted to this, or you should have been devoted to that. And Jim's talked to us about shooting on ourselves. Um, you should have been doing all these other things, but you were sold out to your sin. And so Satan continually reminds me of that. Well, that's not nearly as powerful anymore as it as it once was. And many days it has zero power. And God passively over the last week or two allowed me to have some conversations with both of my children, but more specifically with my daughter, um, to the point where we were able to talk about that very vividly, very bluntly about that. And I was able to ask for her forgiveness and she offered it. And um, we talked as adults. She's 35 years old now. And we talked as adults and, and walked through that. And both of us got a ton of healing from that that I didn't even know that I needed, quite frankly. And so the reason I bring that up is, yeah, it may be through conversational intimacy. And I want to suggest that as the first priority. Go to God and say, hey, God, what am I struggling with in this realm of guilt? What am I missing? Because that's a way better thing than sitting around on your tail end like I did and allowing God to passively do it through a conversation with my children. Um, it may be that God wants you to be passive in some of these things and wait until it's a good time for that other person in your relationship. But more often than not, it's a really good thing to go to God first and say, okay, God, what am I missing? What am, what am I not getting hold of? So we actually have Sam here, Jim, but if you got something, go ahead. Well, based on that, and I, I was listening to that, and every one of us with children pointed out that a lot of our guilt revolves around our children. And all of my children are in their 40s now. And I look back at all the mistakes I made, and yet I can look at my children. I'm so proud of them. And they, God made up for all of my screw-ups. And that's part of the forgiveness, too. You know, he's going to... And, you know, even if your children... And it's terrible i can't imagine outliving a child but even if you've had a child that died even at their own hands god is going to take care of that it's not your mistakes that brought you to that place so sam are you are you with us yes i am oh wonderful <laughs> well earlier darren had a question for you <laughs> oh i heard it i just could you guys couldn't hear me and i was not on mute believe it or not but, oh, uh, yeah, you were falsely accused. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. I feel so I, guilty. You, can, you should feel guilty. That's what I was going for. <laughs> I placed the claim on you. No, hey, uh, no, what you were talking about was that these things lead to, to shame, obviously internally, but also bitterness towards others. Right. Um, you know, or bitterness towards ourselves, bitterness towards God. You know, there's lots of places it can go, but it usually ends up in one of those camps or an odd combination of both. Mm-hmm. Well, like often, you know, guilt comes with that uh, sense of feeling worthless, feeling mm -hmm. hopeless, feeling, uh, you know, uh, helpless. And, you know, when people try to reach out to us and try to minimize our guilt or try to go down that road, we often, you know, lash out, say, hey, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. And, and I think we see a lot of that. And we have to keep in mind that, 
you know, we're not worthless. We're, we're, we're sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And, and we're not helpless. We have Christ at, by our side. And these things, when you, when you really take these things to God and go through the confession and say, hey, you know, I've sinned. I know it. You know, help me through these things. I think that there's a lot of healing that comes in that. You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, pornography. And I, I don't know of any man that hasn't had that struggle or dealt with that sometime in his life. I know a lot that have lied about it. Well, yeah, it's true, too. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, uh, I learned how to play guitar out of my running away from sin in that portion you know you I'm, ought to be a really good guitar player <laughs> you would think <laughs> <I mean. laughs> but yeah there's you know uh, for me you know the, the pornography at one point in time in my life was you know it it was wrecking the marriage i was in it was wrecking everything around me and i was uh alone one afternoon and we had bought my son a guitar that it sat in the corner for almost three years. You know how uh, kids are. Uh, and I wanted to know if I could learn how to play that. Now, I still ended up going to the internet that day, but I had a different agenda. And when I went, it really gives me an opportunity to speak to something God's been showing me, which is really beyond cool. That Enoch, I don't know if you knew this, but his name in Hebrew means initiated. Wow. And so Enoch walked with God and he was no more. In other words, this guy got initiated to the point like, what, you're getting promoted. (laughs) And interestingly, when you study that word walked in Hebrew, it ends with a letter called a kuf, which is the crown that comes down and the Hebrew sages teach, this is critical, that a crown for them is like a supernatural power, okay? So it's above intellect and they say that it's that it's based on desire. So if you have a desire like to play the guitar, it's a supernatural power that will drive your intellect. So if if you have this desire to deal with your guilt, mm. your intellect, if your desire is strong enough, God will provide you an initiation to help you a way of escape of of walking with God through that, which is exactly what he is looking for. It's a beautiful picture right there in, you know, Genesis 4, so, or 5, as the case may be, wherever you want to go with that. So, as we are thinking about this, yeah, you got something. If we could be admitting it and then thinking, God, will you walk, how bad do I want you to show me where to interpret this and, 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 and let your desire drive your intellect to find yourself closer to God. Remember, we got a boot camp coming up 